This program is rated D for dog. It contains sniffing, scratching and doggy themes. Hello and welcome to the Top Dog Podcast. My name is Adrian Plitzko. Today it's all about relaxation, calm and peace. Some or even many of us need to take it easy. So does your dog. There are experts out there who know how to slow down your dog's heartbeat, how to make him content, relaxed, happy, calm and peaceful. Well, we'll meet them today. And they all come from a different place, have a different approach. I'm confident that one of them will strike your chord. So let's see what's in it for you and for your dog. Calm your dog with especially composed music. The Pet Karma is a natural solution to calm pet anxiety, says its founder and canine lifestyle consultant Ron Pia. More relaxing music, especially for dogs that spend a lot of time home alone, offers the YouTube channel Relax My Dog. According to its founder, Aman Ahmed, let your dog binge watch and at the same time listen to relaxing music. More and more, people see in their dog more than a pet. They see him as part of the family, says animal behaviorist Dr. Kate Mornament. However, it doesn't mean you should treat your dog like a human. Dressing him up for a birthday party might distress him. Separation anxiety is quite common in dogs that are being left home alone. Elise Burgess from the Global Animal Welfare Organization Four Paws offers strategies how to make your dog aware that you will come home again. And Kathleen Prasad, the founder of Let Animals Lead, believes in the healing power of Reiki and meditation. She actually might hold the key to your dog's peaceful and calm life. Speaking of peace and calm, in My Top Dog, we hear about Jaja Binks, a bull terrier. In the eyes of his owner, Diana Scott, Jaja Binks is the most laid-back dog you can imagine, apart from that he loves to pinch paper out of the rubbish bin. And finally, in today's episode of the audiobook Pirate, the Barking Kookaburra, Pirate is having a déjà vu. It raises the question, has he found his long-lost memory? Top Dog. We speak dog. There are different scenarios, different circumstances and different reasons why your dog experiences anxiety or is restless. It could be separation anxiety when you, as the owner, go out for shopping or work. It could be the noise from cars driving past or it could be loud banging noises like a nearby building site, a thunderstorm or even fireworks. How can I make my dog relax? How can I calm it down? There are experts out there who spent a lot of time thinking about it and came up with solutions or a remedy. I would like to introduce some ideas and the people behind them. Let's start with an approach that has the power to calm down at least human beings. Music. And yes, you can calm your dog with music, says Ron Pia, a canine lifestyle consultant and founder of The Pet Karma. He developed a natural solution to calm pet anxiety with especially composed music for dogs and his pet tunes loudspeaker. The, uh, the actual device is a Bluetooth speaker 
and we have various colours in those because they represent each of the species and the music that's on it is species specific. So there's a blue one just for the dog's uh, hearing frequency. Uh, the music is all preloaded onto the device and it's a, uh, to describe it, it's around about a um, 50 mil cube, a little small cube. It's a very powerful uh, aluminium diaphragm speaker and it produces a, uh, a very good uh, sound that's suitable for the, uh, the dog's hearing frequency. The significance of the uh, scientific studies in this is actually were the first ones to measure the hearing frequencies of each of the pet species. And uh, our dogs and cats have the ability of being up to three times more sensitive to sounds than what we are. Uh, humans hear it at a uh, frequency rate of 20,000 hertz. The dogs hear at 45,000 and cats are even higher again at 65,000. So they are hearing a lot more sounds than mm. what we are. Uh, the music is specially composed for the rhythmic nature of the animals. Now, like with horses, for instance, we use the 4-2 uh, tempo, which is the gait of the horse. With the dogs, dogs are um, very restful creatures and they uh, like to feel calm and safe in their zone. So you'll find that uh, music is fairly soft and repetitive. Now, the animals actually process sound very differently to the way that we process sound. They appreciate consistency and um, moderation, where we like to have variety and loudness to our sound. The animals are quite the opposite. So with the music that's been uh, designed for the pet tunes for canines is specific for their hearing to bring them into that calm, rhythmic state. And that's why when you turn it on, the dogs will eventually start, you'll find them, they'll actually lay down and um, they go into a restful state. Many people sort of um, have been using music for the calming animal behaviour and one of the uh, popular ones is classical music. Now, um, uh, classical consists, consists of strings, wind and percussion instruments. The music on the pet tunes is primarily strings and wind because what percussion instruments do is actually alert anxious behaviours. So um, although the dogs with classical music will be hearing the strings and the winds and they'll go into a calm state, as soon as the percussion comes in, they're alerted again. But this way with the pet tunes, we're able to keep them into a moderate state by controlling really what they are hearing. And that's what we've actually eliminated out of these, um, uh, out of our compositions, you know, the uh, percussion sounds. And you might relate that to thunderstorms. The dogs uh, get very upset when they're hearing thunderstorms and that's because that's the percussion sound. That's their alert signals that's triggering their uh, hearing frequencies. One of the uh, things which is really interesting is uh, the American Veterinary Association have actually recognised a, a problem with the, um, uh, the veterinary clinics that their uh, client attendance rates are actually dropping. Well, they have been dropping. And declining and they conducted a survey to find out why this is the case and the main reason was people didn't like taking their dogs to the vet because the dogs were fearful they were uh, frightened or ter uh, stressed you know when they got there now as a result of that there's been a, um, a whole rethink on animal management within veterinary clinics and with uh, animal behaviorists in how animals are to be handled. 
now uh, to give them a, a stress-free experience. So that's been um, uh, now formed as the uh, fear-free movement for uh, animal management. And Petunes is now one of the uh, very few products that is actually endorsed by the uh, fear-free movement. So that's why I've um, sort of been very excited to... Um, to talk about it here in Australia because, you know, we have got a uh, huge problem with uh, in dogs, separation anxiety, uh, travel stress, excessive barking and um, even uh, aggressive behaviour during walking. Canine lifestyle consultant and founder of the Pet Karma, Ron Piar. By the way, the Pet Karma comes preloaded with music. Depending on the settings, the battery lasts somewhere between 8 and 24 hours. Enough time to get rid of your dog's anxiety and restlessness. You will find more information about this unique device on the website www.thepetkarma.com. A slightly different approach is the YouTube channel Relax My Dog. It also plays relaxing music designed for dogs around the clock and in addition offers pictures that are more or less appealing to dogs. Think of uh, Netflix for dogs. Call it Petflix if you like. Anyway, let your dog binge watch and it will be in good company Then the channel has more than 8 million monthly views from more than a million fans worldwide. Your dog will relax in front of your eyes, claims the founder of Relax My Dog, Aman Ahmed. So we create relaxing music and TV for dogs to help with like anxiety, boredom, stress, loneliness, just to kind of, yeah, I guess keep, keep, them, keep them occupied. And especially when owners go to work, it's just another method of like keeping them occupied or if they're struggling with sleeping, or if it's July 4th in the US and fireworks are going off to help with anxiety. Um, yeah, things like that. We've been doing it for like yeah seven years, and it was something that I started with my music producer, Ricardo, who's based in El Salvador, and his cat and dog got uh, noise anxiety, but from the disturbances shall we say in his uh local neighborhood and um yeah I, I had the research he had the music production skills and we we put we put both together but it was such a crazy concept when we started it it was so early that it was something that we'd have to sit on and iterate for a long time until we found that perfect formula and um and i think one of the things for us is that we were putting the content on YouTube first and people were giving us like feedback and we were just empowering our fan base to be like, Hey, this is, you know, something new It's crazy, but you know, give it a try on your dog. Just let us know what you think. Let us know how we can improve and, uh, and, and really empowering the users. And, and that helped us grow slowly, shall we say, um, of, over the time until when it was like 2016, when it just, really started um yeah t taking off from there and i feel like the impact that we've had is massive like in 2018 um with relax my dog alone it was like i think 10 million dogs consumed content uh on our platforms but that's still like a t our ambition now has got a hell of a lot bigger we want every cat and dog 
uh, to, to, to be using either relax my dog or relax my cat to, to help with boredom or anxiety. And I think, what is it? There's probably about in the US alone, about 90 million dogs are owned and maybe 86 million cats are owned. And that's the US, US alone. So as you can imagine, we've, we've only just started. So a lot of it is done on research that we do. It's been seven years of just a pure feedback loop. So we, we would put out content, firstly experimental content, and then we would gather data from there. So our content, um, is just the range is massive. It can be, um, it, it, it could be music with certain frequencies um, that obviously humans can't hear, and then specific musical arrangements. Uh, we've also experimented with like reggae music, and then kind of uh, toned that around the formula that we've built, and um, and and that seems to be doing quite well because the reggae music keeps the dog relaxed to a point, but obviously does not like make them lazy or fall asleep. So we're creating a range of content. Obviously, we can't go into too much detail uh, because we, we, it's a lot of research that we've gathered. I guess that's our like secret sauce. And, um, and, and we're very, very thankful for the, the millions of fans that, that we have that are giving us this feedback, that are helping us, helping us uh, refine our product. Aman Ahmed, founder of the YouTube channel Relax My Dog. Go to YouTube and punch in Relax My Dog and an abundance of different styles of music for any behavioural issues will hit you. The best actually would be if you could avoid situations that trigger stress or anxiety in your dog. All it needs is attention of some kind or understanding towards the nature and the needs of your dog. That's where Dr. Kate Mornament comes in. She is an applied animal behaviorist and consultant. She observed that dogs have, over the last decade, become more and more part of the family, rather than being a pet. In other words, we might treat them like humans and assume they like and cherish the same things we do, like dressing up for a party or a photo opportunity. Sometimes people do things because it makes them feel good and, you know, they take a photo and put it on Instagram and it gets lots of attention, <laughs> but it's not always in the animal's best interest. So dressing up animals, you do need to be careful just to ensure that their welfare is maintained. So sometimes dressing up animals and restricting their movement or dress-ups can make animals feel uncomfortable or feel hot, that kind of thing. We need to make sure that the cat or dog isn't adversely affected by dressing them up for our own entertainment. So as long as the animal is comfortable, I think it's okay, but it's really important to be mindful of those things because we don't want to be compromising our pet's welfare just for our own benefit. But look, it can be a really fun time for pets because often they're included in family activities and they get spoilt with presents. So that can be something that they look forward to and they may remember um, because these are annual events that take place they might remember that they had a positive experience last year or they got a nice present so they might indicate through their body language you know excitement or, or happiness um, but they can also be events that may cause stress like dressing a dog up and taking them to big parties where there's lots of people around um, so it's always important to bear in mind you know is my pet having a good time yeah, rather than just assuming that they're fine. 
Dogs are pack animals. No wonder they freak out when being left home alone. This is called separation anxiety and that can lead to all sorts of behaviours you as the dog owner do not appreciate. However, there are ways to avoid that, says Elise Burgers from the Global Animal Welfare Organisation Four Paws. If you um, are suddenly not there anymore, it can really manifest itself in um, some quite destructive behaviour because they're sort of expressing that that anxiety and that depression. So it may be things you may notice such as um, excessive barking or yelping. Um, sometimes they're damaging either the furniture or, um, you know, where, where they're um, either in the backyard. And so it's these negative reactions, they can happen, but they really can be prevented just through proper um, preparation and care just to uh, help prepare the dog. Essentially, gradual training is a really simple way to get dogs used to your absence. And so an example of this would be, say you leave the house for 15 minutes without your dog first on day one. And then you come home and you don't make it too big of a deal about your return. It's just a routine. And you continue doing that every single day, but you just leave for a little bit longer every time. And what this gradually teaches your animal is that to trust you will return home again and that will just help ease their anxiety about your absence. And what we found is animals are they're very clever at associating behaviour before an activity. And so by this, what we mean is you getting ready to leave the house, so putting your shoes on, putting your jacket on, picking up your bag... Over time, dogs and cats would have begun to associate this with you leaving the house. And so if you want to um, prepare your dog to, to get used to you leaving the house and feeling comfortable with your absence or even the fact that of these rituals of getting dressed, you can do that throughout the day without leaving the house. So, for example, you could um, put on your pair of shoes, put on your bag, and then actually you just go about your day around the house and then take your shoes back off again. And um, you may feel a little bit silly, but um, animal, animal behaviourists have really found that when dogs become used to these sort of trigger behaviours, they'll lose their, um, their impact so it's very interesting to hear um, different people's stories about whether they think their dog has even noticed them, but then suddenly they put on their, uh, their running shoes and the dog is right next to them, ready to go for a walk. Lastly, once you've done everything in your power to raise your dog to become a happy and relaxed companion and it still has its moments, you probably will look at some kind of therapy. There's one where you don't need to engage an expert and pay him or her a lot of money. Kathleen Prasad is the founder of Let Animals Lead. She draws on the healing power of Reiki and meditation. Reiki is a spiritual practice that promotes healing. And the way that we use it with dogs is meditation-based. So when you learn Reiki with humans, you learn a lot of physical contact, hands-on healing, with dogs because they are more sensitive to energy and sensitive to our presence then we really focus on meditation as a way to balance ourselves to create a peaceful space and then invite the dogs to step into that space and the whole idea about healing behind reiki is that it activates the parasympathetic response 
So in other words, the relaxation response, the calm, peaceful response in our bodies and in all of our cells. And when we are in that peaceful, relaxed space, our body, mind, and spirit is in the perfect space to heal itself. So as a Reiki practitioner with dogs, I'm not healing the dog. I don't call myself a healer, but I am creating a space to support the dog to heal themselves. I don't even put my hands. I try one of my central teachings is that we only use touch if it is dog initiated, which means that the dog comes forward and puts them their bodies into our hands. And even then, we only use it as a compassionate support. So we never focus our mind on that touch or focus on our hands. This is how sensitive dogs are. So it is quite a bit different than the way that we uh, work with humans in that way, because humans is very touch-based. And I actually have created a system called the Let Animals Lead Approach. So when animals lead us, they show us what they want and how they want it. So if a dog is, if I'm sitting, usually I find a place to sit and just be and to focus on my meditation and then invite the animal. If the animal comes forward, wonderful. I can respond to that. I can, if they present their bodies to me, I can rest my hands on them. Wherever, is, wherever they present, I can rest my hands. If they settle two or three feet away, I just rest my hands on my lap, palms up or palms down, and my focus goes inward on the meditation and the radiance of peacefulness that creates. Dogs are very sensitive and feel that. If a dog walks away, I won't follow them because I'm respecting whatever distance they want. Some dogs prefer Reiki from 15 feet away. It doesn't mean they don't want to connect, but it means they're so sensitive to that energy. I sometimes think of it as like, I'm like a campfire. So you know when you go camping and you make the fire and it's nice and toasty and some people like to sit right up in the fire and roast marshmallows, right? And they love the warmth. And other people say, oh, it's too smoky, it's too hot, and I can't see the stars. So I'm going to sit farther away. So I kind of look at it that way. Our Reiki practice builds this beautiful campfire, this beautiful light or um, energy of peacefulness. And then the dogs decide what's the comfortable position for them to connect with us from that. Animals are mirrors to us. So they do often mirror our own issues and the things that we need to work on for ourselves. They give us challenges. Sometimes they are lights to our journey. So they show us the way through a difficult period through their, their love and their um, presence with us and the joy they bring to our lives. So they're mirrors and lights. Um, but you would have to meet my dog. I have a one-year-old collie. <laughs> He's so hyper. Oh my gosh, when I take him for a walk, if he sees someone, he starts spinning on his leash like a helicopter and just like spinning and barking because he loves people so much. And I'm standing there going, oh my God, you know. So in, in sometimes, you know, I guess dogs may reflect their owners. Sometimes I think they, they bring to us the lessons that we need. And I guess he brings so much joy and energy to my life that it's, it's, it finds a balance somehow. There you go. It sounds very easy, but it actually is, so you can do it yourself. You find more information about Kathleen Prasad and her dog Reiki on www.animalreikisource.com.
www.ecofactor.com. So, I hope you will be able to pick at least one of the experts' advice of how to calm your dog. And let's hope the day is nigh when your dog does not rip apart your shoes or furniture anymore and doesn't drive your neighbors crazy with his relentless barking. Come, sit, stay. Speaking of ripping apart shoes and furniture, far less dramatic but in a way still in that league, is the habit of Diana Scott's top dog, Jaja Binks, a bull terrier. He's the most laid-back dog you can imagine. Actually, he's the embodiment of peace and calm. However, he tears apart paper and eats it. An even more unusual appetite, considering that Diana Scott runs the very successful pet food company Frontier Pets. You might remember her from the last episode where she talked about her principles only to process organic and ethically sourced ingredients for her brand. Here is my top dog, Jaja Bings, and the art of eating paper. <laughs> he is a white bull terrier. So I've had bull terriers all my life. And he, we inherited Jaja Bings. He is a much bigger bull terrier than normal. And he, there's a really interesting story because we were walking in a, my husband and I were walking in a park with our other bull terrier. And a lady uh, was walking Jar Jar Binks and she called out to Jar Jar Binks and it's a very, very unusual name. It's actually from a Star Wars character. And we knew that my husband's brother-in-law had a bull terrier called Jar Jar Binks. So, of course, we stopped and said, this dog, Jar Jar Binks, where did you get the dog from? And it turns out that it's the same dog. So Tony's uh, ex-brother-in-law had this dog called Jar Jar Binks and we saw him and the lady said, look, I'm glad I've bumped into you because uh, Jar Jar's too big for me. He's grown too big for me. Would you take him? So we did. So we inherited Jar Jar Binks and... He's, uh, a, I call him Mr. Binks most of the time or just Jar Jar. Uh, I, so I didn't name Jar Jar. We got him when he was three, but he's, he's so used to that name. Uh, he is special because he's very, very laid back. I think he's an old soul. I think he's lived before because he's just the most incredibly laid back dog you've ever met and huge and he's big he should go to hospitals you know that the dogs that go to hospitals and make children feel better he'd be great because you can you can do anything to him <laughs> i've got another dog that runs around she's more of a puppy and she runs around and she's very hectic and jar jar will i live a very very hectic lifestyle i've got a, a business and i work all the time and jar jar because of his height when you're sitting down he will come and put his head on your lap and just look at you and he's just so gentle and just sitting there and it makes you slow down it, it does influence it's like he's almost saying come on you know there's no need to rush 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 all the time you know, life's for living and and then he'll just he'll just stay there with his head on your lap for, for ages so he does influence me that way 
he's, he just he sleeps a lot, I have to say. He's only seven, so he shouldn't sleep as much as he does. But, um, yeah, because again, because of his size. So uh, because he's a bigger dog. He's weigh, he weighs 40 kilos, so he's quite a big dog. Um, and he's just, and he just leans into you. When you go to cuddle him, he just leans into you. There's this absolute faith that you're not going to move so he falls down. He has this habit of eating uh, paper out of bins. It's a bull terrier thing. The other bull terriers have done that as well. But I bring him to work and... He will go to everybody's workstation and eat the paper out of their bins. So it's not like there's food in there or something. He just likes paper. So I've had to buy everybody a bin with a lid, a clothing <laughs> bin, because he will just eat all of the paper. So so that's the extent of his naughtiness. He hasn't done any, he hasn't ripped apart anything or done anything bad. It's, that's the thing. He's a, he's a, he eats all this paper. It's just bizarre. Time for a new episode of the audiobook Pirate the Barking Kookaburra. We are up to chapter 11 and 12. That's two chapters. What do we know so far? Pirate is a lost bird popping up one day in the backyard where the dog Stelze lives. Her friends, two other dogs, Ajax and Hoover, and the cat Buddha decided to keep him and look after him after many failed but joyful attempts to find Pirate's home. Growing up is never easy. Pirate experiences an encounter with other kookaburras that leaves him confused and sad. He realises that he is not a dog and at the same time not a real bird because he can't laugh, as kookaburras do. The dogs take him to a laughing school with the result that Pirate ends up barking like a dog. Unfortunately, not a desirable skill, as it turns out, when he again bumps into the nasty kookaburras. This time they bully him because pirate can't fly, as kookaburras do. His friends, the dogs, take him to flying school, and pirate unexpectedly has a déjà vu moment. Has he found his long-lost memory? Kookaburras don't like me, Pirate said to Stelzer. He pressed his body hard against Stelzer's chest, as if he was trying to hide between the short hairs of her coat. He didn't see himself any longer as the world's most dreaded pirate. His fantasy pirate ship, or schooner as Buddha would correct him, had sunk to the bottom of the sea. It lay on its side in the murky sediment of the ocean floor, broken in half. Pirate felt lost. Without the ship, he was not a real pirate anymore, and without being able to fly, 
He was not even a real bird. Stelza drew her front legs closer together, gently squeezing Pirate. They're just silly. They think they're better and stronger than any other kookaburra. But they're not. They're no different to you. They're like you. They need to eat when they're hungry and they need to do a poo and a wee and they have to go to bed when it's dark. They do all the things you do. They're like you. No less and no more. That's not true. They can fly. I can't. Remember this, mate. A bully puts you down to make you feel lousy so he can feel great. Again, Pirate didn't understand Buddha's words of wisdom. He could still hear the kookaburras laughing at him. Again and again he saw himself falling out of the tree. That picture made him cringe. Buddha, Hoover and Ajax watched Pirate burying his head further into Steltz's chest. Hoover nudged Ajax and whispered, He is putting himself down. That only makes him more miserable. I know. Steltzer lifted her head. She was at a loss too. She caught Buddha's, Hoover's and Ajax's eyes, silently asking them for help. But they all shrugged their shoulders. Eventually, Buddha stood up. He placed himself between the couch and the two dogs. Raising his tail, he said in a solemnly serious voice, like a king to his citizens, I guess it is time to go back to school, mate. We will teach you flying. Hear, hear, hear. hear. Pirate was on the brink of crying his eyes out as he sat for the umpteenth time on his log in the classroom, flapping his tired wings. Jump! Jump! Jump now! Jump now! The dogs encouraged him. But like the numerous times before, Pirate plummeted straight to the ground like a skydiver without a parachute. What do I do now? Jump! Jump! Jump now! Jump now! Pirate jumped, or rather, he let himself fall off the log, and again landed on his bottom. This is getting us nowhere, said Steltzer. Follow me. And bolted down the paddock, holding up her nose. The headwind picked up her ears and threw them around in big sloppy waves. Pirate was running behind, trying to catch up, his wings stretched away from his body, stiff and straight. He could hear the sound of Steltz's ears slapping against her head, like a wet mop hitting the floor. Steltzer looked back at Pirate, still shouting, Up and down! Up and down! She didn't see the bale of hay lying in her path. 
Buddha's call to watch out came too late. She banged against it head-on with such force that she flew head over heels. She finally landed on her back, looking at the world from upside down. She watched in awe as Pirate ran towards her, his beak wide open, letting out a long and frantic scream. moment later, he crashed into her. Ouch! Pirate sat on the backyard fence all by himself, his aching wings drooping. I will never fly. Like his wings, his head too was hanging down. He thought he had disappointed his friends because he had failed to fly. They don't like me anymore. Who wants to be my friend anyway? A wall of black clouds slowly rose from behind the hills. Thunder, dull and heavy, rolled down the valley of Tantrabu, spilling into every it made Pirate flinch. For the first time, he wondered where he came from. Somehow, it didn't make sense to him that Steltzer was his mother or grandmother. She didn't look like a bird. Actually, she was not a bird. Most definitely not a kookaburra. She was a dog. Pirate asked himself why he lived with dogs and a cat. No other bird did that. They all lived together with other birds. He did not. He was different, strange, weird. No wonder the kid kookaburras teased and bullied him. The clouds in the sky grew bigger. They had already swallowed the sun. Their tops were towering high up into the air and looked like a bunch of cauliflower burnt black in a hot oven. Lightning flared up, followed by monstrous thunder. Pirate cringed, and as he closed his eyes, he saw a picture of a huge gum tree. He knew the tree, had seen it before. It was not the gum tree in the backyard. It was another one. He opened his eyes and the picture was gone. More lightning and then more trembling thunder made him flinch. He closed his eyes and there again was the picture of the gum tree. There was a hole in the trunk. It looked like an entrance to a cave. Next door to the hole was a sign. It said, no laughing. Pirate knew the sign. He had seen it so many times before. Suddenly, it all made sense. Pirate recognised the tree and the hole. It was the entrance to his home. 
to his nest. He lived there. He recognized the sign. His father had put it up because he did not like laughing. Only silly kookaburras laugh. He used to say. That was the reason why Pirate could not laugh. His father never taught him. Pirate remembered Buddha's words after the dogs had found him in the vegetable patch. Buddha had said that Pirate had lost his memory. Back then, Pirate didn't understand what Buddha was talking about, but now he did. This picture in his head was his lost memory. He had found it again. With more monstrous thunder rolling down the valley, Pirate could now see both his father and his mother. Mum? Daddy? He shouted. But neither answered his call. The picture started to move, and it was as if Pirate was now watching a movie, a movie with himself in it. His father flew away, going to work, and his mother flew away too, going to a paddock looking for food. Pirate had to stay back. He sat down in front of the entrance. He was all alone and sad. All of a sudden, the wind carried kookaburra laughter coming from a gum tree next door. There, the neighbours were playing a funny game. The parents were tickling their children, making them squeal and bawl. Can I play with you? Pirate called out to them. I want to laugh too. But the kookaburras didn't hear him. Their tremendous laughter drowned his call. He hopped along the branch and called again. Can I please play with you? I want to laugh too. I want to laugh too. But no one heard him. He hopped further to the very end of the branch. In the meantime, the wind had become stronger and whipped through the tree, shaking branches and plucking leaves. Pirate tightened his grip. Suddenly the sky opened up. Rain was pelting down like a waterfall. Lightning was shooting out of the black clouds, followed by deafening thunder. The wind grew into a tornado. Its mighty force broke off the branch Pirate was sitting on and took him with it. The tornado whirled over the treetops, over the hill and down the paddocks. Pirate was spun around with dizzying speed. The roaring and the thunder deafening his ears and the lightning blinding his eyes. But then, as if the tornado was tired of carrying him any further, it spat him out. Pirate shot towards the ground beneath him, straight into a vegetable garden, where he landed on his head. He looked around, soaked, 
his feathers pointing away from his shivering body like crooked needles, he found himself standing between the lettuce and the carrots. Steltzer, Ajax, Hoover and Buddha were staring at him. We were worried that you'd got lost in the thunderstorm. Where have you been? It's like the day we found you. It is. On that day, there was a thunderstorm too. You stood in the exact same spot. Hang on, mate, hang on. Do not confuse him any longer. This could be the famous, long-awaited bang on his head. Buddha looked pirate in the eyes. Let me ask you, mate. Where do you come from? Pirate pointed at the fence. From there, I guess. Let me ask you again, mate. Where do you really come from? Pirate shook his body. He now remembered. From home. I come from home. I know where I live. He's found his memory. He's got it back. Everybody was jumping up and down with joy. Even Buddha could not help himself and danced a pirouette like a ballet dancer. Only Steltzer sat silently on the side. She realised that the day she had dreaded more and more had finally come. The day when Pirate remembered where he belonged and wanted to go home. Late at night, when Pirate was finally asleep, everyone sat together with stern faces. Pirate had described the exact way the tornado had carried him. It was easy to figure out where his home was. It's up in the north. A gorge, a paddock and a hill away from here. It's a long way. We will have to walk him home. I'll go with him. Don't forget, you're an old dog, mate. Shouldn't we all come? No. He's my baby, and it's my duty to get him home. But we are his friends. I'll do it tomorrow, by myself. You stay back. It's just Pirate and me. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel for Stelzi. It is not an easy thing to let go of someone you learned to love. Anyway, join us for the upcoming Big Journey Home, where Pirate supposedly comes from, in the next episode of Top Dog Podcast. And if you can't wait that long, you have the opportunity to actually purchase the audiobook Pirate the Barking Kookaburra as a whole. You will find more information on the website www.bubenberg.com. Pirate the Barking Kookaburra is also available as ebook and paperback. The website again www.bubenberg.com. And that's it for today. You find the Top Dog podcast everywhere on the net or on your favorite podcast portal. And remember to leave a comment that will alert others that we exist. You can also write to us if you wish, adrian at topdog.space or visit our website www.topdog.space where you find many, many more episodes. I'm Adrian Plitzko. Thanks for listening.